Michael, talk yourself into the life you love. Don't be silent. Don't be quiet. Talk yourself into the life you love. I believe the Lord had that come on me. Praise God. So let's look in Mark chapter 4. We'll, uh, we'll start there. Mark chapter 4. I'm talking myself into the life I love. I'm not going to let anybody talk me out of the life I love. Praise God. Mark chapter 4. We looked at this last Wednesday. That was a good word. Thank you, Melissa. I want to give a shout out to my good, dear friend, Miss Betty. Thank you for being a sweetheart all these years. She got me filled with the Holy Ghost in 1980, and I, I love her for so many reasons, but uh, thank you so much. Praise God. Changed my life forever. I believe, now I I'll, might teach this sometime, but I believe you get an override for everything you do in the kingdom. I believe I can prove it out of the book of Luke that when you do something for somebody and then they go and do something, there's an override that comes back to you. It's, uh, it doesn't leave you just because you got that person, everything they do. Uh, I started the church in West Texas, and, and then we came here, and that church just took off, started flourishing, and just doing better numerically than it did when we were there. And I said, ah, that's, that doesn't stand me up. I'm getting an override. Y'all go. Y'all do. Gallop on. Praise God. So uh, it's a real motive. It's a real incentive to to sow into people, because well, then whatever they do, you get. Look in chapter 4. Let's, um, let's, let's put some things together about the Word of God and about our mouth. Let's just, let's just index it so that we know how it works. We do know how it works, but let's put it in, in, in straight uh, order. It says, Hearken, verse 3, Behold, there went out a sower to sow. Well, what kind, what is a sower? Well, he, in this case, the context is field seeds, whether it's cotton or corn or wheat or, you know, macaroni, whatever, whatever's out there, field seeds, there went out a sower to sow, and it came to pass as he sowed. I'm going to end with that, as he sowed. So it came to pass he sowed, he went out to sow, seeds into the ground. And we're, we're well aware of that. But look in verse 14. He interprets the parable. 13, it says, Know you not this parable? Then how will you know all parables? So here he tells us that this principle that he's about to tell us in explaining the parable, the natural parable, is going to be key or foundational, major to every other thing in the kingdom. It is a major foundational principle in the kingdom. And what does he say in verse 14? He, he begins to explain the first part of the parable, the natural. He says, the sower soweth the word. The sower soweth the word. Would you say it with me? The sower soweth the word. And then it goes on, he said, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. So something happens when we sow the word. Just like when you sow a seed, something happens. And you want good things to happen. Uh, best year I had cotton farming was a bale and two-thirds to the acre, 500-pound bale, so that was about 800 pounds. That's, that's the best I ever did. And that was after I got the Holy Ghost. Had a, had, everything was going up, and then he called me into the ministry. But uh, uh, my little brother out there, uh, he, he gets four bales. They've got some powerful, powerful cotton seed and 
all sorts of technology and everything like that. So uh, four bales, that's 2,000 pounds to the acre. And that's a lot of lint after you take the seeds and the trash out. But the point is, not that, but that you sow, you have to plant seeds. It takes uh, about 25 pounds of cottonseed in an acre. So you can see it takes a lot of seed to get across the field. Well, it takes seed, it takes word seed to get across the field. You, you can't just... Sow a few seeds and say, well, we're going to have a big harvest. Second uh, Corinthians even says it. He says, if you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, that's, that's how that'll go. And so here's the principle. He said, we could read it all, but you know it. He said, the, the word, the sower soweth the word, the word is a seed. And based on this comparison, we can take everything we can know and learn about a natural seed and we have a direct parallel to the word being a seed. And what happens to natural seed is what happens to spiritual seed, the seed. And so let's establish right up front that Jesus said the word is a seed and that all words are seed. Our words are seed. They, there's so much more than that or so much many things. They're, they're actually sound waves and and there's also there's so much science behind that. But the main point for us is the word of God is seed and other words are also seed. We'll look at that. All words are seed. In one parable, the Lord Jesus said uh, uh, a farmer went out to sow seeds and then the devil came in and sowed tares or weeds behind that. And they said, what are we going to do? And he said, well, this is how you take care of that. So those were seeds, tares, that were against the, the, uh, the crop, the, the vegetable or whatever they were planting. Uh, you, you, if you don't get your weeds out, if you don't hoe cotton, for instance, or hoe your peanuts, then you can't harvest them. The weeds will get just gigantic, careless weeds and Johnson grass and cuckleburrs. And then you can't get your harvesting equipment. Even if you are willing to just take the, the, the nutrients out to that weed, it robs everything that way, but then you can't harvest it because you'll clog up. You, you have to get off your machine, go around there and pull out the cuckleburr or lift up and go around. It's just, it's terrible if you're having that. So um, look in verse 11. We'll back up a little bit. And uh, before he explains this, he said, unto you. So he's telling these men about this parable of the seed. And he says, you boys, unto you is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. So what's he talking about? He's talking about seed. Is that right? He's, he's talking about seed. Unto you, I'm telling you this story and I'm going to explain it. Because it's given to you to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Well, y'all, it's given to us to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. And it's, it's not something you see. Jesus told Peter, he said, Flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father in heaven. And then he goes on, he says, But unto them that are without all these things are done in parables. Um, verse 13. And he said to them, Know ye not this parable? And here it is. And how then... Will ye know all parables? So he's 
we're going to look at it in some other places. He's telling us that the whole kingdom, my life, your life, our life, it's not even hard. It's, it's hidden for us, but if you can figure out the seed, you can apply it to every single facet of life. It is the kingdom foundation. There isn't anything else. There's attributes of God like love and, and grace and all those things. We're not discounting that. But when you go to operate in the kingdom, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his system of doing business is what the word kingdom means. So his system of doing business, seed. Well, I can get my little head around that. I can understand seed. He explained it here, but, but everybody that's ever put a, a, something in the ground, we all know what that does. So the principle of seed time and harvest right here is established as the premier foundational law of the kingdom. So it's like, well, you never know what God's going to do. Sure you do. Just follow the seed. You never know what your future is. Sure. Listen to what you said or are saying. Listen to the seeds you sowed, and you'll know exactly what's going to happen. It cannot be different. Well, that just, that just breaks down the whole kingdom. we got all these verses and all these things, and fussing and fighting about it. Don't fight about the little details of over here. What, what Did he mean this, and he did say that? You know, how many horns does the beast have on it? And the Antichrist, when is he going to come? Ah, get your seed in the ground and hoe up the tares. Get them out of there. Any seed has potential when it's planted. It has potential before it's planted, but it starts yielding its potential when it's planted. And what it has a potential of is everything that's in that seed. So we know if you plant a corn seed, obviously the potential there is to grow uh, one seed will go will uh, usually produce two ears, 800 kernels per ear. So it's a 1,600-fold possibility or a potential just in one corn seed. And that'll feed several folks, you know. That'll, that'll whatever, whatever corn does. So uh, here's the point. If we don't do anything else, let's just say this. Seed time and harvest is immutable. There's no escape from it. Even if you don't sow good seed or if you sow indifferent seed or if you sow bad seed, it is indisputable and it cannot be denied and it cannot be changed. Well, there's hardly anything you can say that about, but you can about the kingdom of God. And you can go into Genesis and look at it there where the Lord, uh, he, he said the seed is in the, is in the plant. So God's word is the seed of life and increase. This thing has got potential. But you can have 23 of them in your house and maybe even read one every day. But without understanding, you're not planting the seed. Even if you read it and don't do it or don't speak it, then all that potential is stopped. It's arrested. It's taken short. It's limited. It's encumbered. It will not produce. And, you know, there in Mark chapter 4, he talks about four, three kinds of ground that limited the seed. So uh, let's just deduce this, because we're talking about talking yourself in the life, into the life you love. We'll say that words, words, words are the very foundation and the very core 
of everything in life, not just spiritual life, because spiritual life has dominated in these laws like gravity affects everybody. Gravity affects everyone, unless you're in space somewhere, and, and eventually everybody's got to come back down. And so it affects everyone. But this seed time and harvest, seeds, words, are foundational and pivotal to everything in your life, and you cannot escape it. You can dig up your seed. Thank God we can dig it up. You ever dug up some seed? Ooh, gone home and just said, I dig that up. I refuse the harvest on that nasty thing. And that, that debilitating and, and, uh, and crippling thing. So our let's just take it one step further then. Our whole potential, me, Michael Billings, for instance, my whole potential is not in my genetics. It's not in my height. It's not in... It's not in my education. It's not in my personality. It's not in my natural athletic or lack of ability. It's not in any of that. I can enhance it. I can, I can have a little bump, a little, a little rise there that you can, you, someone could run the mile this fast or can decipher problems this fast. But really, that's not the end of our life. How many times have we seen people that were just so full of charisma and at the end... Their life was a wreck, their marriage was gone, their kids are run off and all that. And you go, you were full of potential. But the potential's not in those things. It's in our words. Well, that's sobering. That's sobering that you can distill it and all the things that we've invested. And the world certainly is investing in their future, trying to get their potential. You know, parents try to dress their kids, get them, they, they move to get their kids in the right school, and they, they jockey and, and uh, politic for the right teacher, and then after that, you know, it's all to get a leg up. But then we neglect the only thing that really counts, the really the main thing. Not that things aren't important, and not that you just throw it out, but if this isn't your foundation in your core, those things will fall to naught. Pretty sobering, isn't it? It just makes you want to Shut my mouth <laughs> or open my mouth. Hallelujah. So words are the very foundation and core of everything in my life. Everything. There's nothing I can say about my future that's the exception, that's outside of the fence of this, that I can uh, access that says, well, I, I did that, but I've got this. There's nothing. Now, there's grace, and of course, we can dig up our seed and we can repent for seed and all that. And that is the antidote, but it still has to do with the seed of our words. It still has to do with our life being completely invested as a, as a person, as eternity. For instance, we know this, that salvation comes into the life, how? By the mouth. And how does sin go out of the body? Through our mouth. Uh, Romans 10.9 says that if thou will... Excuse me, that if thou shalt confess with thy heart, with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved, if thou wilt confess with thy mouth. And then we know in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, confess our sins out of the mouth, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. Wow, sin's just taken back and taken out and just uh, neutralized because of something that we did that we do all day, 
is we spoke certain words with an inflection from our heart. Now, you can't speak brain words and get a change. You have to speak heart words. There's, there's two, two avenues to go out our mouth, and the head's pretty useless. It's informational, but uh, uh, it's, it's heart words that do that. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 18, if you would, please. Talk yourself into the life you love. I like that. I, I'm going to get the tape. <laughs> Look in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20. A man's belly, King James, shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. And then this one, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it also eat the fruit thereof. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now, we could go into stories, and maybe I'll find a couple that we can document, but you've heard and know that people have said, I won't live longer than Daddy did. And you go, ah, you're, he died of a this and he had a that. It was so unusual, it just came out. It was a meteor that came out of the sky. But they just fall over at that same age. And you just go, how is that? Uh, I, I will say of my own father that uh, he never lived any, he never lived healthy as far as anything. But he always told me uh, about uh, 85, I asked him, I said, how much you got in you? He said, I got 20 more years. <gasps> and so for all that he's not and all that he doesn't want to, he won't take medicine and he doesn't like this and he won't go see that and all that. He's just a, He's just, uh, well, he's me with 20 more years. Hallelujah. <laughs> he says, I'm going to live. He didn't say how old that was, but I think it was about 85. He said, I got 20 more years in me. I'm going to live 20 more. And he was, he was just adamant. A matter of, my dad doesn't kid around. And so he's like, well, there he is. He's still going. And I don't know if he'll get that, but he's, uh, his father died at 46 had a massive heart attack and lived out in the country. And you know, even if he'd been in town, there wasn't anything to do. So death and life are in the power of the tongue. Listen to the TEV. What would that be? Today's English version. I always try to get it. Oh, well, you will have to live with the consequences of everything you say. What you say can pre preserve life or destroy it. So you must accept the consequences of your words. Now, when's the last time you heard something that powerful? I mean, it just smacks all of us. It's like, straighten up, Michael. Straighten up. The New Living says this. Are you still braced? The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. The New Century, that's one of those versions that's got it down into street language, street English. What you say can mean life or death. Those who speak with care will be rewarded. That lines up, doesn't it? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So there are no casual words. Matter of fact, the word tells us to uh, not have coarse jesting. The word says, let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. And whatsoever else is of sin. 
It's what it says. Somewhere. I don't know where it is, but it's out there somewhere. Read the New Testament. It'll do you good. <laughs> so it's like guilty. Not condemned, but quickened, sharpened, reminded, nudged. Whatever you say, I'm going to take that counsel. So we're going to talk ourselves into the life we love. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 12, if you would. And let's just build on this just for a few minutes. Matthew chapter 12. What did you think of that one that says, You will have to live with the consequences of everything you say. Matthew chapter 12. Look in verse 34, please. The Lord was, he was in fine form this day. Oh, generation of vipers. <laughs> he was a straight shooter, wasn't he? Oh, generation of vipers, how can ye being evil? Now that word evil is not like the Antichrist evil or like, it's, it's the word that covers sinners and unbelievers. How can you being unbelieving or without God Speak good things. Now, right there, it tells you that the heart is where this stuff, where life comes from. He said, you're not born again. You're unbelieving. How can you speak impacting words of life? And then he explains it. He says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So we can all contrive words out of our head, and we can negotiate our confession I'm, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich. We can contrive words, but it doesn't mean anything until it comes out of the abundance, the overflow of our heart. Uh, I wrote that down. Uh, what does abundance mean? And the meaning of that was interesting. It means that which remains. So when we say for some people it takes all of their life to live their life, that's not us. But it does, there is overhead in life. You got to wash your clothes and brush your teeth and you got to pay the electric bill. Things that are just part of life that don't add anything to us, unless you don't pay the electric bill. <laughs> then you'll go, that's a good thing. But it's that which remains, it's that which is left after life. And lots of people don't have anything left after life. They are just spent, they're empty, they're exhausted. And there's nothing left. It Life got it all. It's because their words, life and death, or a sense of dying, is in their tongue. It says, uh, uh, that which remains, and it also means surplus, obviously. Abundance would be surplus. Look in verse 35, it says, a good man. A good man. Now, you understand what it's saying here is there, there are no born-again men that he's talking about here, but Jesus is... He's telling us the future that a good man out of the good treasure of the heart, the heart, talking about this down in here, bringeth forth good things. The treasure of the heart, the treasure of the heart. Uh, let's see, treasure. I wrote that down. It means the wealth. It's, the word literally means deposit, but, it, but it's used extensively as the word wealth. Out of the treasure or out of the wealth. So people are wealthy. Now, we're, we're wealthy if you compare us to Sudanese or uh, uh, all sorts of countries, we're wealthy. But it's not talking about that. It's talking about uh, uh, what you have after what you've spent and done to live your life. It's what you have left over. 
So if you're exhausted and you're spent and you're mad at everybody and you're disgusted with your job and you're, you're, just, you're just grumpy, just grump, grump, well, you're not going to have any overflow that will affect your future. It's keeping you in that one place or maybe you're losing ground of some kind. Um, a good man out of the good treasure or wealth of his heart bringeth forth good things and an, unbel- and an evil and an evil man, unbelieving, unbelieving, well, you know, in a sense, you could be born again and be unbelieving, an unbelieving believer. We call them Christian atheists. They're born again, but their life is absolutely atheist and everything. An evil, and an evil man out of the evil or unbelieving treasure bringeth forth, bringeth forth, evil things or unbelieving things. Wow. I thought it was luck. I thought it was what people did to you. I thought it was just uh, raised on the wrong side of the tracks. I thought it was because I failed fifth grade or I thought it was because I couldn't hear out of one side. I thought it was because because I was ugly or I was short or I, I had a birthmark. What all people say? I wasn't the right race. I wasn't the right gender. I was abused. I'm not saying I was. I'm telling you what people say that says, that's why I've had a bad life. It's because I married this guy and he treated me bad and he left me and I had the bills and, and that's why I have a bad life. No, that's not it. That's the symptoms of having an abundant, unbelieving heart. That's what it looks like. It's not the cause of it, but it's the result of it. So an evil, an unbelieving man out of the unbelieving treasure or precious things of his heart bringeth forth trouble. And you go, well, that's, that's a little point. That's a little uh, edge that we could draw. Jesus said it was the whole thing. This is him speaking here. He said it's the whole thing. You want to change your life? You want to talk yourself into the life you love? It's easy. Give yourself to fill your heart, your treasure, your wealth. Fill it with a good thing. What's a good thing? He said, the word of God is seed that brings life. So I'm going to do it. I've been doing it. We've all been doing it. And we used to talk about this more. We used to talk about it all the time. That's, that's what we majored on. But we're going to go back to majoring because the Lord majored on it. He talked about this a lot, and, and we have to pay attention. And like I said, you could be a believer with an unbelieving heart, just carnal, natural, uh, worldly, got born again when you were this old and You're born again to the end, no matter how backslid you are, but there's nothing in there to bring forth a treasure of good things. So just there's trouble in your path. It's hard to counsel people because they we want to look at their symptoms and saying, well, if you'd quit this, if you'd lay those down, if you would, if you all those things and you go, well, that's that, that would probably help. You know, when you get out of jail, you know, you ought to get a job, that sort of thing. But that's not it, is it? They've got to be filled with the Word in order to bring forth good things. It's revelation. It's about our children, about how we were raised, of the things that happen. We, can, we go, well, I had 12 years of counseling. No, nope, we just needed to know this one thing. I've got to put the Word of God in so the Word of God will come out in the form of words that will change and transform my future, my life and my future. So if your mind has no more input... We said this last week, then magazines, periodicals, uh, fiction books, 
perhaps, I don't know, uh, newspapers, family. You got any wild-eyed family that's just mad at the president, no matter who's in there, and just, you know, just going off? If, that's, if you have all this speculation around you, all these opinions around you, it weighs down your life where it takes all of your life to live your life. Because you carry around the whole nation, or if you're in a church that's got trouble all the time, you, you go home and talk about, well, this is what I heard about Brother Doodad. And it just weighs you down. And so you have no treasure. And Jesus called it an evil treasure. Evil man out of the evil heart brings forth evil things, evil treasure. Because there's nothing coming in. You, you go to the dump yard and you say, we're, we're out here treasure hunting. On the top of the hill, the big dump, we're treasure hunting. Well, darling, you need to find a better, a better hill. This is not the hill to find treasure in. Amen. In James 1, 7, just let me read it to you. It says, for, not, for let not that man think that he will receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And, you know, to get anything from the Lord, you have to focus. You, you can't just be on 50% and off 50% because you lose it. The devil steals it. So it's not like, well, I, I ought to get 50% because I was on it. No, you lose it all. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 25, he said... Uh, that he that didn't have anything, he, he that had nothing. What did he say? Well, it's right here. Let me just look at it. I'm sorry. I, I know the scripture, but I don't know it. Um, Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which hath ten talents. That's it. So you can't even keep what you get by going halfway and part of the time and kind of hit and miss and rocking along. Even that which you has gets taken away. And you know those people. We all know them. And we go, what is wrong with you? You should have gone to school. And shoot, you should have treated your wife better. Absolutely, all those things are probably true. But that's not the problem. That's not the root of it, if we want to go back to the root. Mark chapter 4. Let's go back to Mark chapter 4 and look at a follow-up here. Verse 26. We're, we're talking about the foundation of the Word of God being the seed that brings the harvest of our life. My life is the absolute harvest of the seeds I sowed into my life. And we'll argue with that and say, nah, I've been good, I've been speaking the word, and I've been doing, and I've got this sorry shipwreck life. I know that's what it looks like, and I know that's you're sincere, but it's just not true. We're going to choose the word. And so people also, just on that same line, they look at people like Kenneth Copeland or Jerry Savelle or Oral Roberts or something, and they go, look, they got a free ride. They, they just were at the right place at the right time, and the Lord just, I mean, they just clicked over and then they became famous, that and the other. That's not true either. Everybody that has anything invested the seed of God's Word. Privately, in secret, to themselves, got up early, stayed up late, whatever, there's always a beginning to every good end. And you got to pay it. There's no free lunch. There's no uh, uh, elevators. Everybody has to take every step. And it says in verse 26 uh, of chapter 4, I like this. So he said, so is the kingdom of God. Now, when he says that, it's important. He's, he's going back and giving you a principle Something that's foundational. He says, so is the kingdom of God as if, 
So this means we're going to get a story about something we understand to explain or bring to light something that we don't understand. If a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring and grow up, he knoweth not how. Now, this just explains it. We don't know how it's going to turn out. We don't, I mean, we don't know the path it's going to take. Right. We, we go, well, I sowed, I, I've been good, and it's going to go this way because I want it to. I, maybe, maybe not. We don't know how. The seed grows up night and day, and the Word says, He knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, so the seed's in charge. I said the seed's in charge. Didn't plant a seed? You don't have any seed in charge. Got bad seeds? You do have a seed in charge. And it's working night and day and growing, and you knoweth not how. You just don't know how those people got in so much trouble and how hopeless their lives are and how depressed they are because nothing seems to go right. And, and uh, uh, this is my new thing about... When something doesn't work out, people say, that's about right. Or, yeah, like, well, yeah, of course. I used to say that. That's, that's not us, is it? So it says, for the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. Look, here's some stages. First the blade, then the ear. After that, the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth... Immediately he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. And he said, Whereupon shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what comparison shall we compare it? He's fixing to give us a lesson on the whole kingdom of God. we got all this Bible, but he's fixing to tell us how the whole thing works. He said, It is like a grain of mustard seed, which, when it is sown in the earth, is less than all the seeds that be in the earth, but when it is sown, when it is sown, when it is sown, it groweth up and become greater than all the herbs. How? First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear, and shooteth out great branches so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. Your potential is amazing. My, there's no way to measure my potential. You know, they say wittingly, wittily, they say, you can, you can count the seeds in an apple, but you can't count the apples in a seed. So, there it is. That's the kingdom. That's how it is, and it won't be different than that. Uh, you got to plant a seed to get a harvest. You got to have words that can bring a harvest that you like. We're, we're talking about here to uh, talk about the life you love. Talk. A, Talk yourself into the life you love. I can do that. I, I'm not very educated as far as great learning, and I'm not tall, and I'm not certainly not athletic, and I, I'm just not a whole bunch of stuff. Just what we used to call a plain maid. <laughs> just, just normal, just as routine and normal as can be in so many ways. Yet, I've got a secret weapon. I've got an attribute that outshines everything that's not attribute. As a matter of fact, I would argue that some people that have so many natural attributes and so much charisma, sometimes they don't see the need to invest in the very thing that is 
actually going to be their success. So when they ran out of good looks, they ran out of athletics, and they ran out of uh, money or whatever people do to, to hitch a ride to be a hitchhiker, then there's nothing. But you and I have got seed in the ground. And it will not fail. It cannot fail. Uh, Galatians, uh, so we have to plant the word. You got to plant the word. It doesn't matter if you know how to put a water pump on the 67 Chevelle. It doesn't matter. Yay. I, if I get one, I'll bring it by if the water pump goes, goes out. But that's not it. That's not where we are. That's not what we focus on. And we've been saying, do what only you can do. Do only what only you can do so that you can do all you're called, graced, empowered, required to do, required to do, run my race, finish my, I'm required to finish my race. And if I don't, it's not this man was in the way and they fired me and the brother-in-law got in front. It's none of that thing. It's me. Okay. So um, let me read this. Galatians 6 and 9, 6, excuse me, 6, verse 7 and 9. Let me just read it to you. It says, be not deceived. Y'all know this verse? God is not mocked. You know what that means? That means the sun will not come up. Gravity will fail before what he's fixing to say can fail. This, it's the highest. Even God the Father himself planted Jesus into the earth, and we are the harvest. Nothing is done without a seed. Even at that Father had Abraham put his son under, his only begotten son, as a type for him to be able to replicate that and have precedence in the earth. So Galatians 6 and 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. How is that, Lord? For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall, there's that word shall, he also reap. It can't fail. There's no, there's no jerky backs. There's no, I didn't mean to, or... That's not what I meant to say. Y'all took it out of context or whatever. Verse 9 says, therefore, therefore, verse 9, and let us not be weary in well-doing. Why, Paul? For in due season we shall reap if we faint not, if we don't give up, if we don't quit, if we don't say, ah, it, it hadn't happened by now, it's not going to. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. It takes a pineapple two years to get from whatever they do in the ground to, to, to Del Monte and Dole. It takes two years. So, but uh, when we would lose our cotton to a windstorm in July, you, you can't replant cotton. There's not enough days. But you could plant quickie crops. You could plant sunflowers. Sunflowers will make in 95 or 100 days. And so, uh, or beans. You, that, there's no market for it. It's just a bunch of work for not much money. But it just was something. So the longer it takes, a lot of times, the more value there is in that. So if we faint not, we got to let the seed work because we don't, it grows up and we know not how. God is working behind the scenes. I've been sharing with you testimonies about River Church, how we've been sowing and it's just coming in. We know not how. You couldn't trace it back. You couldn't put it on a list, say, well, Lord, maybe he'll do it this way. There was no... There was no way to even put it on a list. So here we are. We're living by the kingdom rule. So the bottom line to that is God's word will prevail if you won't give up on it. If you'll just keep watering it.
I'm an administrator. I'm, I'm a healer. I'm, my marriage is good. My kids are smart. Uh, we have plenty of money. We are funded. We are funded around here. We are funded, and it won't be different than that. My seed every Sunday and every Wednesday or whenever you give, my seed is changing my future. And it's just not, it just cannot. If the sun didn't come up, you'd say, well, the sun didn't come up today. It's not been up for four days. But my seed will produce a harvest when everything else fails. He said this will fail, not won't fail. Um, Matthew 8, 8, the centurion answered him and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof. Look, 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 here it is. But speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Now he said, speak the word only. Only speak the word. I only need you to speak the word, the word for my servant. Jesus, I understand how it works, because I'm over authority, and I tell them, I'm speaking the word to you, son. Take care of that. And he said, they, they do. You're better, better and bigger than that. And so verse 13 says, Go thy way, and as ye have believed, so be it done unto you. Now, that's the end of the word for you and I. As he believed, let me get it here. As you have believed, so be it done unto you. That is the harvest on the seed that you have. Remember in Matthew 14, I'll quit here, but in Matthew 14, verse 28, where Peter baited the Lord, if you can say that word, uh, it wasn't straight up. He said, Lord, if, if it be thou, he was walking on the water, if it be thou, well, you know, he knew who it was. <laughs> Maybe he didn't. But if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Bid me come to thee on the water. He didn't say, Halloo, is that you, Lord Jesus? Yeah, that's me. That's me. He wanted more than just an ID check. He said, if it be thou, bid me to come on the water. Ah, I tell you what, the Lord likes that stuff. He likes for us to, I don't want to say double dog dare, but uh, step out on the water. Maybe we'll just say that. Maybe we'll just call it like that. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now, why, why was he able to walk on the water? It was that word come. Because it's implied Come to me on the water. When he just said come, he, he, he was, Peter said, if it be thou, bid me come on the water to you. And Jesus said, come to me on the water. Isn't that implied in that come, answering that, that uh, request? So we're going to say, this is the truth, it's easy for a believer to believe. It's not hard. Actually, there's a certain amount of D or unprogramming or deprogramming that's required for us not to believe. We have to have extra wiring in there, and the world is quick to do it. Our parents did it. They said, ah, when you grow up, you're going to be rich, and you're going to be whatever. The Jewish faith, if they have any stuff about them at all, all their kids, all their sons, I should say, they're either lawyers or doctors. There's no other path. There's no other like, well, I'd rather be a basketball coach. <laughs> and so they, that's what they hear. I am a lawyer. And they're just wee high. And I'm a lawyer. I am a doctor. And so they're amazingly successful. Why? Because they heard that word. They believed that word. And they walked on the water, so to speak. 
Now, there's some parents that didn't say that, and so there's some kids that didn't get that, but it's common in that, in that culture. So what are you saying? We could, we could know if we just wanted to be nosy, but we wouldn't have to go very deep. We could know. What have you been saying about yourself? What have you been saying? If, if, I had, uh, if I had my kids over to do over again, I would tell them, you are the smartest kid in Seminole schools. You are brilliant. You are good looking. I'd tell my daughter, you, I'm protecting you from all boys, even the four-year-old ones. I'm, you are beautiful. You are gracious. I, I would tell them constantly, and most of us did. I mean, it's just natural to say, you're, yeah, go tell them you're the, go tell the teacher you're the smartest one in the class. A plus, A plus, A plus. Remember that movie? So just start now. Wherever you are now, wherever the seed that you've been planting landed and grew and everything, grow, just you can dig up seeds. Oh, I'm so stupid. Oh, I always, I always, this, this always happens to me. That is a fatal statement. This, that, it's cursing. It's cursing yourself. And nobody likes me, and I, I'll never have a job that pays anything. All that stuff, we've got to dig it up. We've got to stop it. And it's not enough just to stop it. Because, you know, I, I, when you get hailed out, you have nothing in your field in West Texas. So you could, you could pick up all your bad seeds, and if you don't plant something, it's just barren. So we're going to plant something. That's what this is, the company of the committed. Whoo, this is tough. I mean, you can't really, I can't really get around every line of it completely. But Keith Moore talked one time about, uh, he's believing God for a jet. And he said, I, I was trying to get that jet inside my, my, my innermost being. He said, I got, I got some of it in there, but both wings were sticking out. He said, so I had to just keep believing, keep confessing. I have a jet. This jet is mine. The ministry needs this jet. And he said, one day, uh, one of the wings went in. And he knew he was getting closer. And he just kept working on it, kept speaking to it, telling it, you are mine. There's a good jet out there that's looking for me. I have shown for this jet. And he said, one day, that other wing went in, and he got his jet. Now, you may not want a jet. I certainly don't, but... Uh, well, unless we want to hock it. <laughs> but that's not, that's not who we are. That's who an evangelist would be, a teacher, but uh, a pastor doesn't need that. You don't need that. We need some other things, though. And so we've got to get them in there. You've got to get them in there. You've got to enlarge your capacity. That's why we have testimonies all the time, is to enlarge our capacity. It's not so you can just hear a little story. Well, isn't that nice? Those people did this. It's to enlarge our capacity. That's exactly and solely what it is, is to get like, he's no respecter of persons. If that happened back then for him, no step for a stepper, God. Amen. So, Father, we thank you. You made it so easy. It's so easy, the world misses it. Gosh, Lord, it's so easy, we've been missing it. But, oh, we turned around. We made a U-turn, and we are on track now. And we're going to speak the word only. We're going to talk ourselves into the life we love. We're going to speak to the mountain. <laughs> be removed. Be cast in the sea. We will not doubt in our heart, but we believe. We believe the words you put in us to speak will come to pass. Thank you, Lord. That mountain has moved in Jesus' name. So, Lord, thank you. It's so easy.
And Lord, even though there's the blade, the ear, the full corn in the air, Lord, we can start right now. And it'll be no time at all. It'll be a quick harvest in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.